some yellow cards, a couple issued to both clubs. But other than that, a back and forth championship final so far as we are just one minute into this second half of this championship final. If it stays at nil-nil, or even if both teams score 1-1, as Croatia has a chance in the box now. But Paul back in, shot, scores! Oscar Cordon! This game is over from Warrior Field in Waterloo, Ontario, the home of the University of Waterloo Warriors. The final whistle has been blown, and Toronto, Croatia are your 2015 Canadian Soccer League First Division champions. Turned over though, another chance. Whiteman, the delivery, and it's a cracking strike from the Vaughn striker, and he equalizes here in the 39th minute. The leading scorer, Jarek Whiteman, adds to his tally, and that's number 18, and equalizes this match. It's one all. Amato, up. Can Whiteman counter? He can. Whiteman, he wins the ball. He's on a breakaway here. The strike! Into the corner it goes, and the Azzurri's leading scorer gets the equalizer once again. And it's all tied up 2-2 two to two in the 57th minute. Jarek Whiteman with number 19 on the season and his second of the match. The Chiara now with the delivery. Back post. The header back in. The Azzurri with a chance. It's a box and in the back of it. And it's number three for Jarek Whiteman. The hat trick converted. 3-2 in the 60th minute. You're watching and listening to Mamma Mia. This is Fire Talk Footy Edition with Nicholas Fiore. Welcome back, everybody, to Mamma Mia. This is Fire Talk. I'm your host, Nicholas Fiore. And today we are on episode number 51 and footy edition number 12 of the show. And joining me on this edition of the show is Nico Giantsopoulos from York United FC, number one goalkeeper for the squad. Nico, thanks for joining. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me, Nick. Absolutely. Um, listen, you're, you're, you're from here. Uh, you're a Markham boy, uh, just, just a year older, a year older than myself. But you, 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 took, a, you took a little bit of a route uh, to get back home, and we're going we're gonna to get into that. Um, and we're going to get into a lot of things, but I do just want to say once again, you know, thanks for coming on. Uh, I know, you know, preseason starting with, with CPL soon and the training camps and all that stuff. So appreciate you giving me the time. No, of course. I'm, uh, I'm excited for the upcoming season. So doing the interviews before kind of gets me all uh, excited again. So it's good. Exactly. Right. Gets you pumped up. Listen, everyone, this episode is sponsored by the bottom line, the restaurant downtown Toronto. Hockey Hall of Fame, official restaurant of the Hockey Hall of Fame on 22 Front Street. Uh, let's get into it. Obviously, Nico, you know, you started um, here, obviously, in your youth days with Unionville, Pickering, Ajax, um, all the club soccer clubs um, here in, within Ontario, of course. How do you think, you know, your youth maybe got that experience or got that, you know, training, especially as a goalkeeper, uh, to propel you into, you know, the higher levels eventually, I guess, you know, high school, and then obviously your uh, collegiate career. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say all clubs, uh, the three that you mentioned there, you mean Bill Pickering and Ajax, they all played significant roles in, like, my development uh, of the game. Um, 
with Unionville. This is my first club. So I started with them when I was seven years old. It just made me love playing soccer. I had some of my best friends uh, on that team. So it was just something I just really enjoyed going to. Um, so that's uh, a big role that they played. Um, and then I ended up moving to Pickering and it kind of started, uh, it was a good introduction. That was like when the OYSL days were a thing. So it was my first year in OYSL and I got to I got to play with them. So it started, you know, being more competitive. Uh, so they played a significant role. And then I moved over to Ajax after two years of Pickering. And that's when I was first kind of introduced to playing soccer for the next step, which at that time we were focusing on going to school in the States and maybe getting scholarships and playing college ball. So then they kind of opened up that. And that's really the moment where I had a great coach under Dario Gasparato. Um, and like, he, he was really good for us and our team was very competitive. And, and because we now had a, a goal to achieve, that was probably the first time that I took my soccer more seriously. I know that sounds a bit crazy, but up until that point, I was, I was just playing because I enjoyed it and I enjoyed playing soccer. It was, it was who I was and stuff like that. But once I got on that Ajax team, it started making me think of the next level and and I didn't really think about playing pro at that time. The next level for me, the one that made sense was playing college ball. So then uh, that's kind of how the, uh, my training, my mindset changed at that point. So they all played three significant roles, but uh, getting to the next level, what really prepared me the most was those uh, you know, two years playing at Ajax. You then moved on to, you know, college in uh, NCAA division three, Adrian Bulldogs for 2012 to 2013 then the Calvin Knights um, from 2014, 2015, 35 apps with Adrian. And then with Calvin, 47 appearances. Uh, so a lot of, a lot of games, right? A lot of games in college um, and a lot of experience. I, I would guess that's the ideal way to put it. Why um, was there any other offers or like options I should say, or why the D3 route and, and what did you learn from those two colleges? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great question. Um, to be honest, no, there weren't many offers that were coming uh, my way when I was playing for Ajax and, you know, my grade 11, 12 year. Uh, my whole team was kind of getting great exposure. You know, majority of my team ended up going Division I. Um, but for whatever reason it was, uh, Division I offers weren't coming my way. But because that mindset changed to playing at the next level, I knew I wanted to play at the next level. So it was just a matter of, who was going to take me. Um, and then uh, the Adrian coaches kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, they reached out to me and we had a few conversations and I really wanted to play for that coach. His name was Chris Lefebvre. Um, and like, you know, as a player, especially when you're like younger, you just want to go somewhere that you feel wanted. And he was bringing in a goalkeeper coach that, uh, you know, had experience playing at division one level. So I knew I could learn something from there. And I was just like, you know what? Um, I'm going to go there first. Um, it wasn't until I was two years there that I had success. I got tons of games, like you said, and then now division one schools, uh, I could have really had plenty of options to play division one. Um, but then again, I had a great conversation with the Calvin college coach. I literally was just speaking to him this morning. So that's how close our connection still is. Um, I had a few conversations with him and again, I wanted to play for him. I wanted to go to that school. I wasn't really thinking at that point, like division one, because at that point, my 
mindset now switched as my, I need to make it to the next step. And that was a professional game. So I honestly just wanted to go where I felt like I could get the most game time. I could continue getting better as a goalkeeper and set myself up to play at the next level. And I thought, even though it's division three, I'm going to get, like you said, you know, another, you know, 40 games in my belt. Maybe we could win a national championship, which will look good, but uh, I'm playing every single game. I'm under a great coach. I'm, I'm only going to get better. Absolutely. Uh, I wanted to ask why the, is it because of the connection? Like you said, because why the transfer from one school to the next? Yeah. The, the coaches, Chris Fever and Paul Gilbert were the coaches at Adrian and they ended up uh, getting let go of their jobs. And, I would have, again, I had no intentions of really leaving when I was there because I was enjoying my time. Uh, but then when they left, I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I went there to play for those coaches. So as soon as they were gone, that's when I went to the transfer portal and uh, just started reaching out. And that's when, uh, yeah, then Calvin came up. Absolutely. Uh, and then after, obviously, you know, your college, you got the experience, you got the time. And as a Canadian kid, you know, I guess really, the CPL wasn't there then, right? When it was time to get to the next level, the CPL came in a few years later, but then you find you found the route to Australia. Second tier in Australia with a few different teams, Davenport City, Broadmeadow Magic, and I think this, the, the Launceston City, I think I said it right, I don't know. <laughs> That's good enough, Launceston. Launceston, there you go. And then obviously you, you, you came back to Canada, but why, um, you know, why Australia? Because you know, a lot of other players sometimes go to, I'm not going to say the more popular countries, but even, even if it's like a division three over there, but you went, you went to Australia, was it a connection based, you know, thing and let's see the experience or did these teams, you know, kind of come in, scout you out because you got 21 apps with Davenport, you got 19 with Broadmeadow and you got 21 as well with um, Lochester. So you had that playing time within the Australian ranks. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been the, the story of my career, really. I mean, similar to how college, like I just needed an opportunity to play in college and care where, and that came there. And then at the end of my college career, an agent, uh, Sanford Carabin, he's actually well known in the GTA area. Uh, he's been involved forever. Uh, he kind of did a bit of uh, agent work as well. And he reached out to me and asked me if I want to continue playing. Uh, I said, yeah. And he said, okay, he's going to send it out to his connections that he had. And then it wasn't, uh, uh, Devonport got back. They saw my video and they were like, hey, like we had another goalkeeper in mind, but it kind of fell through. And like, we need a goalkeeper ASAP. Like we'll sign Nico right away. So he gave me a call, said, hey, there's an offer there. And you're right. I viewed it as more like an opportunity to travel, continue playing the thing. But I'm like, this is my shot. If I could have success, I'll just have success. And then I'll keep going. And then, I mean, Again, so it was kind of like luck to get there. And then I just, I had an amazing year and that kind of really propelled my career because if I didn't have that really a good first year, then who knows uh, what would have happened again. You know, some players get to that level and just kind of crash and burn, but I was able to continue my trajectory up, I guess. Absolutely. And then, you know, but with the, the Los Eston City in 2018, you're a vice captain. You started all 21 games. As, as, a, as a vice captain, you know, there, there has to be, a voice there has to be a leader and how did you you know accept or appreciate that leadership role um even as the vice yeah no i, I accepted it uh it was there was an interesting dynamic with that club because they were completely 
restructuring how they wanted to do things uh, and how they want to run uh, the club. So they brought in, uh, you know, bigger players for that league. So the captain was actually a player I played with in Devonport uh, the first year. So they really brought in us two to kind of change the, the dynamic and kind of, I guess, bring that Devonport way of doing things to the club. Yeah. Um, so it's something I knew was their mind, their mindset when they offered me the, the deal. So I was excited for it. Um, and it was something new. So I was, uh, yeah, it didn't, didn't really think twice about it. I'm like, I knew I wanted a role like this. I, I, I played in Australia for three years. Like you said, I had so many games now. So to come back um, and have my, I guess, last year there as like a, more of a leadership role. I was, uh, I was excited for it. It was just something different. And uh, it was good. We're going to touch upon, you know, coming back to Canada, but beforehand, you know, I want to, I want to touch upon maybe, the, the hard mindset of, of maybe being a backup or, or not getting that playing time as a goalie because I've been a goalkeeper for years now, played all of my youth ranks, played League One with Aurora, then with Pro Stars. And sometimes there's a backup role and then you start or a backup role, you start and you've got to try to find that groove, right? For you, you know, you maybe didn't have that, that start at the beginning, but then, you know, you picked it up and, and you got that. How hard mentally the mindset as a goalkeeper, because I know a little bit of it, but not obviously at the pro ranks, of course, but to, to, you know, stay sharp or stay mentally focused that if you're a backup, keep on working your tail off and you could become a starter or a consistent starter in almost every team that you're with. Yeah. I mean, uh, everyone always asks me this kind of question, like it's so mentally tough and stuff like that. I think in those moments, like you said, when I went to Calgary, I was then, I was the number two. That's how it was. That was my role on that team. Um, how I was able to, I guess, not really be bothered by that is I go back to my roots and I just love playing soccer. Like it's, it's in me. I love being a goalkeeper. I love being a part of the team. I love the boys. So I get enjoyment in that sense from like a professional career standpoint, like what I'm thinking in those moments is like, okay, like I'm going to be a backup. Let's just say for this year, I'm going to just go in the shadows and just work my ass off and see what improvements I can do. Like, especially as a backup, like you could like work harder in the gym. You could stay longer, you get extra reps because you're not saving your energy for the game for the most part, right? So that's kind of the mentality I did. And I think the rewarding part is I was seeing like, I was getting better, you know, like quite significantly throughout that first year. So Mentally, it, it wasn't that tough. I was seeing rewards. I knew if I, you know, you know, the, the path that got me to really where I am now was just keep my head down, work hard, you know, not, you know, just be a good teammate and things will, you know, work out. So um, that's kind of been my mentality since I started playing soccer. So, you know, being a backup, it's not what I wanted, but I could also continue to get better and really, I knew when I get my opportunity, whatever that may be, um, I mean, I know I'm prepared to take it. Whether it happens or not, who knows? No one can guarantee that. But I know I've done the hard work up to this point to, to do it. So, um, yeah, mentally, thank God I love soccer. So I guess I didn't really struggle with it because if I didn't like soccer, yeah, I'd probably be pretty miserable. You're, hey, you know, I asked that question because it's, I've, I've had, I had a similar route. Like I, I graduate, graduated. I, you know, went through the Aurora system youth and being a starter, 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 all, you know, 1995 age group, starter, starter. And then 
he hit League One and Jimmy Brennan was my coach, uh, your, your former coach, and Jim Brennan was my coach and uh, how, how, the, how the world works and, and basically said, no, <laughs> you're not a starter anymore, right? So, but I stuck it out and I went to every practice, every game and just worked my tail off, right? So that's why I want to ask that question because, you know, now I coach youth soccer in Calden under 10 boys and I got a couple of goalies and, you know, you got to give them playing time at that age. Don't get it twisted. I understand. But, you know, there's obviously the starter in the back of who you want to play more, right? And it's good to hear that, you know, you just got to work. You got to work and you got to, you got to keep on going because no matter what age, that sometimes that backup will become better than that starter because the complacent, the complacent is not there, right? Maybe from a starter. So that's good to, you know, to hear from, you know, a pro, a pro goalkeeper in yourself. This question might come hand in hand, but the mental, the mental game of a goalkeeper, not just being a backup, but maybe you already touched upon it a little bit, but I know for me, I have superstitions galore. What's the mental side of the game for Nico Giantsopoulos? Uh, no superstitions on that side. Again, I think the, wow. my, the mental side of my game is, I don't know, if you could put it on like an aspect on FIFA, I would say that's like the strongest part of my game. I think my path has made me become mentally strong. And I think it's, it's uh, extremely beneficial for this position uh, in general. Um, uh, say, what was the question? Say it again. Like, what were you the, trying to You know, the mental, the, men, the mental side of the game, right? Like, you know, no superstitions for you, but as a, as a goalkeeper, there is, you know, we're, I, I feel like goalkeepers are crazy, especially hockey and soccer. Like, we're operated different. We'll take the ball right to the face and we'll have no issues, you know? So that's where I was leading towards, you know? No, of course. And, and no superstitions for me. I just like, like to kind of be in the be very present on like a game day and stuff like that. Like really take everything in. Uh, I want to feel like excited, but I need to have those like nerves. I need to make sure I'm like ready and, I, and I'm focused. Um, I think when I first started, I was a lot more superstitious. Like you have superstition from when you're young. And I have found that as each year goes by, I've like dropped superstitions. And now I'm at the point where it's kind of like, just like be ready. Like, you know what that feels like. And uh, if you do all the simple things right, then you're going to feel ready for the game. So that's now uh, what it's changed to. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know goalies are crazy. Keepers are crazy. That's all. That's all I know. That's all I. Uh... In no means am I saying <laughs> that I am not crazy. I'm just saying that I don't have superstition. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the goalie, the keeper routines too. I'm telling you, they're they're different. They're different than a player. That's for damn sure. But uh, players will never understand that. Never, never, never. That's that. That is for sure. Um, I just want to touch upon moving back home. Right, moving back to Canada. Obviously, home is really with York, but back to Canada with, you know, Calvary in 2019-2020 season. Why, why the move back home? Was it time? Was it beginning of CPL and you wanted to be involved closer to home? Or just, you know, I guess those are the opinions, but what, are the, what was your train of thought of leaving pro ranks in Australia and come back to Canada? Well, it's funny because every single, like every single deal I signed in Australia was a one year. That's it. There wasn't like any options or stuff like that. Uh, for the reason of every single off season after one season in Australia, I wanted to come back and get into the North American soccer system. That's kind of how 
I started getting into the professional game, like in college, being in America and stuff like that. So those options were like USL, NASL was still around at that time. And, uh, and I guess MLS, but I was very much eyeing the USL market. CPL, like you said, wasn't a thing still. This was in uh, 2016. So every single off season, I would be going to trials in North America. And I just couldn't latch on to something. And then because I did well in the Australian market, I knew I could always sign back in Australia because I had offers there. So I would finish the season in Devonport, trial, 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 couldn't make it, go back to Australia, play in Australia, trial, trial, trial in the off season, didn't make it, go back to Australia. Finally, that off season at the end of my third year was when CPL was starting. So now that just opened up, you know, there were seven clubs at the time. So the way I was viewing it is there's now 14 new job openings to be a goalkeeper in the professional game. I was still contacting clubs in the USL as well because I didn't just keep myself just now on CPL. Like I just wanted to get back to the North American market. Um, And then I was able to latch on Calvary FC through a connection with Sergio Camargo, a good friend of mine. Uh, Got to be in front of the coach's eyes. And again, um, so as soon as they were offering me a contract, it's not like uh, there was any other concrete offers. I'm like, I want to get back to the North American market. It's not Toronto, but hey, it's Calgary. Uh, I'm, I'm out there with a good buddy of mine. So uh, again, excited to be back in Canada. And uh, what that was eight years being away, or I guess seven years from not really living in Canada at all because I didn't really spend much time at all. So uh, it was good just to get back and you know start uh, sharing uh, my career with my friends and family. Nico was a little homesick, eh? No. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I would have been begging New York 9 to give me a contract. <laughs> but hey, Canada's home. I always view myself as a Canadian. I'm a proud Canadian. Um, it, it, when Canada says they're going to have the professional league, of course, I want to be a part of that. It's something that I just felt like I wanted to, to do. It just felt Absolutely. right. No, no, absolutely. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, Listen, and then obviously now, you know, moving on, you know, the following year, 2021 with York United FC, formerly known as York nine. I got my, my York nine scarf that Anthony Totera gave me a few years ago. He said he was going to get me a new one though. Now. So I got to get a, I got to get a new York United one. But um, you know, with coming back home, I, I, I've spoken to a few guys. Um, I had Jonathan Osorio on the show just, you know, the episode previous to this one, and he hasn't left home, right? He's been with Toronto, Toronto FC for this whole time, and, and it's different. Uh, it, it's, it's that home feel. You're not far, basically, from Markham, where you where you were born, right? And now you're with York United. You got nine appearances last season, but right now, if I'm not mistaken, now you're the only goalie on the actual roster online anyways. I can't say who's coming to trial or all that. Obviously, that's not released yet. But from what I know, you know, the only one there, and obviously you may have competition or you will have competition moving forward. What uh, what made you get that hometown move? Did they come to – did York come to you? Did you approach them? And second to that, how does it feel to actually literally almost kind of be right at home, like you're playing in a backyard type of thing? For sure. Uh, to answer your first part, um, the, my contract ended at Calgary. Uh, they spoke to me and said, uh, listen, we, we, we want to offer you something. Uh, I just basically told them I'm uh, looking now. I was two years, a number two over there. And I, I, if they can't offer me like a number one 
contract, let's just say, then uh, I will. I would love to test free agency um, and just see what's out there. And I mean, I, I still have so much respect for Tommy, but uh, we have still a really good relationship, I would say. Um, and the way he handled that was like, no, I completely understand. Uh, they felt that uh, I deserved the, the chance to try to be a number one in this league. So they were gonna let me explore that. I don't really know 100% what happened behind the scenes, but all I know is Tommy and Angus uh, had a conversation at some point when that happened, I have no idea. Um, and I think Tommy gave me a good reference and then Angus reached out to me um, pretty you know, early on in the off season. So he was kind of the first call. Um, and then again, logistically, it made sense. I wanted to be a number one. York was uh, offering me a number one contract um, and to come home, it was kind of like a no brainer. So uh, to come home, it felt awesome. I was really excited. Uh, finally, like you said, I'm from Markham. I'm, I'm living in Vaughan right now, but like, you know, my family, my parents live 30 minutes away. I've never been this close since I was 18 years old. Um, so it's awesome. And just to kind of now share a career that's, you know, been, what is it, six, seven years in the making, really. And now they can like experience day to day life with me and, and those kind of moments. It's, it's awesome. I wouldn't really trade that for the world. And, and uh, this upcoming season, I'm looking forward to sharing even more of those moments uh, with them because they obviously played a huge part in my career. Um, and I mean, you know, my dad was involved with local soccer here because we have, I have three sisters. He was always our coaches and stuff like that. So for him to see a professional soccer team and stuff like that is also cool. And I want them to experience that and stuff like that. Absolutely. Um, York, York last season uh, had the best season in, in club history thus far, um, standings wise, of course, and obviously looking to build on that. A lot of turnover, a lot of change, a lot of new young kids coming in. And, and looks like we've seen that in the CPL year after year after year now. For you guys this year, um, as a team, what are, you know, I guess the team expectations could be as cliche as, yeah, you know, we're, we're going for the championship. We're going for it. But what, is, what are the team expectations that you know of, of course? And, and then following to that, your personal expectations for this upcoming 2022 CPL campaign. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we have uh, preseason starts in uh, less than a week now. So uh, that'll be the first time, you know, with the new staff. Like I said, we have Nashi in, um, and, and even his uh, his new staff that he's bringing in. So um, club goals and stuff like that. Um, you know, but, you know when I when I think about that, you know, you look to your leaders first, and, and Nashi's now the head coach and, and his staff, and and obviously working with Angus as well. I think uh, they set uh, the goals um, of what the club and stuff like that. I'm sure you know a simple one is to be better than the year previously, but as for achievements and what they want to get done, um, they're, they're going to, you know, uh, make those uh, goals clear to us. And then it's us as players to, and, or as a team, as a club to, to do everything we can to achieve those goals. Um, so from a club, I don't know. It's interesting. Do better than next year is the, the easiest <laughs> answer to do as uh, so we can maybe get into specifics, maybe in two months time, uh, when we've had a full preseason under the belt and we're like, hey, this, let's, uh, let's, let's go for it. Personally, though, I mean, I could speak personally on myself. Um, uh, I want to be a consistent starter for the club. I want to be a consistent presence. Um, 
however many games the club plays this year, it is my personal goal to play in every single one of those games. That's what I want. That's what, that's how I've done my business uh, in Australia, uh, in college. I didn't take any days off. We, you know, we played, you know, 20 games in two months or three, you know, three months in college and same thing in Australia, you know, 30 something games a season. Like, I don't really want to take a night off. So that's my personal goal to play every single game uh, for York United this season. Um, and then if that, hopefully have a few good games uh, and, you know, see where my career can go from there. But uh, the main thing is getting games and uh, having that opportunity. And then it's up to me, if, uh, you know, how well I do and, you know, where I can take this whole thing. So two months down the line, then you got to come back on. We got to do an Instagram live episode to tell me then the club expectations. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure at that point, Nashi and Angus will, will, I've already told the media and everything like that. But if they haven't, I'll spill the tea. No problem. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, won't, I won't let you do that. I won't let you spill the tea. Get me in trouble. I won't let you do that. No. <laughs> It'll get me more in trouble than you get more. Exactly. No, no, we won't let that happen. Um, listen, Nico, you have, you know, we're almost about done here, but you're used to this. And because you have your own podcast and the, the last line podcast. Uh, so, you know, you're, you're, you're getting into it and you, you know, this drill and you know how to get it done. So I appreciate you coming on, but talk about that a little bit. How, how did that happen? I, I looked at a few episodes, looked at a few of the social media stuff. Um, how, how did that come about? Yeah, that's, that's all part of the club. Um, Again, I don't know what conversations were uh, had behind the scenes and stuff like that. But uh, anyone that kind of knows me, first of all, knows that I'm interested in the sports media uh, space. It's something that I've always had, you know, a passion for. And then being in the game, I, I kind of, you get more opportunities to be around it and you realize that, you know, you're interested in that kind of thing. I believe I, met, I mentioned that to Angus um, in our talks that we had. We had a few, you know, good conversations with them more just getting to know you know each other and stuff like that so I mentioned that to them um but then really it came up from when I signed with the club maybe a few months in uh 2021 Owen uh, O'Callaghan he's uh he works on the media team here um and he just reached out to me if I'd be interested in starting a podcast I don't know he coursed me into a question he, he <laughs> said he sent me a text and he said like if you could speak to any goalkeeper ever like, who would you want to speak to? Like, that's how we like worded the question. And I'm like, uh, Iker Casillas, I guess. Like, that's who I looked up to. Like, not even thinking like, like that probably doesn't speak English. It's something about I would want to talk <laughs> to Iker Casillas because like, that's who I felt, that's who made me fall in love with goalkeeper. Like, I watched his highlights and stuff like that. So like, that'd be a cool guy to talk to. He's obviously had a bunch of success. And then the next text was like, okay, here's my thought. I'm, I'm thinking that we start a goalkeeper, you know, podcast. Like, would you be interested? And then that's kind of, we then started digging more into it. I'm like, yeah, of course, I would love to try. We got, uh, I believe, uh, eight episodes done or seven episodes done in, in season one. Um, it was a cool way for me to learn more about how podcasts work. Um, and now, you know, in this new year, 2022, we're going to, come out with new uh, interviews we're, we're starting to plan some stuff um and uh, it's definitely something i want to um continue pushing i want to take it uh, treat it a lot more like a project and i've seen how season one went and i want to be more involved in it and see how much 
uh, we can grow it. Because um, in, in our first season, we found that there was uh, an audience for us. Some people were enjoying it. And now, you know, it's, uh, it's up to us to make the podcast better, um, continue getting good guests, me improving as a podcast host. I'm, I'm seeing how you do it. You know, you've got, you got a good voice for it and, and you're, you're very excitable. I got to work on that. People say I'm sometimes a bit too monotone. <laughs> Um, it's the passion, so, uh, buddy. It's the passion. Exactly. Buddy. That's the passion. thing. I got the passion for for the podcast game. So uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to what we get done in season two. Uh, the guests that we're we're trying to line up are really exciting, um, and uh, I'm just excited to to start talking to them. And again, we've we've had great conversations so far, and um, season two is going to be even better and with bigger and better guests as well. And a better uh, podcast host than in myself and hopefully we can start doing uh, interviews in person which would i know make it a lot easier for me because over you know i'm a people person you put yeah. a person in front of me i feel like i could talk to them all the time yeah. and, and naturally conversations are better i felt like the whole zoom aspect makes it a bit more difficult at the time because I, I need to feel the person's energy and, and, and that conversation flows better so the main focus though is professional is it professional goalkeepers male or female or amateur and stuff like that? what's the what, what was the you know the main focus of it so that, that was part of the project that made it so interesting for me was it we were uh we wanted to select high profile goalkeepers high profile professional goalkeepers so, I mean, you see the people that uh, we've had, because I've seen other goalkeeper podcasts been done and it was, they were just getting like their friends and those guys have great stories, but it's like, what, are, how are we going to be different? But the fact that we were getting people like, Hey, we want to interview, you know, Stephanie Laban, you know, Olympic gold medalist at the time she was, you know, she was on the women's national. I like team. to have her on this show too. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then she came on last. I said, wow, Erin McLeod. Um, mm -hmm. you know, those are two top female uh, goalkeepers. And also players that I knew. Like, I'm not a huge soccer buff. But the fact that I knew their stories, I'm like, they're high profile. They've had such impressive careers. So you, you, you get on athletes like that. Then we have Shaka Hislop, um, who's played at the highest level in the Prem. But he has a really interesting story because, he, you know, he was playing back in – I might be wrong, but maybe like the 80s, late 80s, 90s, you know, around that time. So he was dealing with racism, you know, he was from Trinidad to Tobago. So he had a crazy interesting story like that. Um, and, you know, Owen, the producer here, um, again, he's, he's such a, a soccer guy. He's a, you can tell he loves the game and stuff like that. But, you know, he's bringing on these high profile guests and I might not know their full stories. I know their names. And then as he started explaining their stories more and more, I'm like, yeah, like, there's something there, the, the, the conversations we could have, the, the stuff I just want to talk to them about uh, was really interesting. So uh, that's what made it different. And that's what got me also excited for it. How much, how much pull do you have? You think you can help me get Stephanie Labay on my show or what? <laughs> how much pull do I have getting Steph Labay? I mean, I want to take credit for that one. I, I, uh, Owen didn't get me that one. I got that one. I'm there just, you go. Me and Steph were like this. Um, <laughs> who knows? She's uh, she's an extremely busy girl. I think we got her right at the time before she really. I mean, she was she was a big name at that time. But now with the gold medal, everything she just announced her retirement. Congratulations, Steph! Super proud of everything you've accomplished. If you if you see this clip, um, but yeah, I'll cut we, it out. I'll cut it out and I'll tag her. I'll cut it yeah, out and I'll tag her. That'd be great. Uh, but no, she we caught her at the right time. Now it's that you got. She's probably charging by the hour to get on a podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, that's all good. Um, listen, hey, if you need if you need any need any help down the line, if you have people in line already for your podcast, but need any help? I've talked to a few few a few pretty big names in the soccer world as well, and I, I've been around. So hey, just we have contact now, and we'll see. We'll see. Me reach out. Any goalkeepers that you've uh, had? Goalkeepers right now, no, but I've had connections with you know other other players. I mean, I've had. Lucas Cavallini, Toe St. Ricketts, Jonathan Osorio, Richie Larea, all on the show. And obviously they know their, they know their goalkeepers, right? So it's the, it's down the line on where I'll be. I just, you know, my show about what it is about, I've started back in COVID last, you know, a couple of years ago. And it's all about, you know, just building a brand, but also talking to people that have different types of experiences and roots and life. And as you can see on the shirts, hockey, soccer, basketball, all together. And I've had, you know, a lot, you know, a loyal you know, nothing's exploded yet, but you know what? Everything explodes in due time. And as long as you have loyal people behind you and followers and support and family and all that, and, you know, I try to make it as big as possible. And, you know, I'll talk to a youth program, uh, you know, that has affiliation with Toronto and Croatia, you know, and I'll have talk to yourself and I'll talk to maybe the announcer of the Toronto Raptors and all of that is what I want to get, you know, all the information that I can learn and mm-hmm. also, you know, some high profile professional guests as well that can just make everything better. Right. So that's what I'm about. Um, yeah. And just trying to build myself because I'm a semi-pro hockey play-by-play broadcaster. Now I just want to get to the next level. I've done play-by-play in league one Ontario as well. And I know, I know the market, and I know the people, right. So it's just about growing, getting better and, you know, getting, getting goalkeepers on, on my show as well. Right. Cause I'm, I've been a goalkeeper almost my whole life. Let, let's just say, right. And I played at the semi pro level, of course. So that's why I said, if you need any help down the line or, you know, I I'm in the podcast world. This is my life. Sports media is my life, radio journalism, TV broadcasting. So that's, uh, that's why I wanted to bring it up. Did you go to Ryerson? Went to Humber College, graduated in Media Foundations, then radio and TV broadcasting. So I, I looked at that program. Yeah, it's it's a honestly it's a brilliant program. A lot of successful people. Um, you know, believe it or not, don't uh, don't get fooled into I guess the university landscape no, no. because a lot of you I know have, you're not. You don't, just, have, you don't have to tell me that when I was looking at the things because the other option was police officer. So I was like, you know what, the the Durham College had like a two year police academy. So when I was looking at the things I was more looking at, I'm like, I don't want to be in school for four years. Like, just give me something for two years and I could do it once I'm out there. Exactly. So I hundred percent agree. That's why I looked at the, you know, a lot of people come out of college more, believe it or not, more successful than university and especially broadcasting. Yeah. you got connections, maybe a little bit more in university and you may have the stations affiliation, but Humber college was a really good stepping stone and led me to my play by play jobs in hockey and soccer and, now just doing this and learning how to even do a podcast. I do everything on my own, all yeah. social media, all production, all editing. It's everything on my own. And it's a lot, you know, don't get paid for it, it's but you love doing it. it. You love doing it. It's passion. You know, I got merchandise out. So that's all that it is. So that's why I wanted to bring that up. Um, listen, Nico, I, I appreciate your time. I know the season, the season is upon us and yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch you. I'm excited to watch the CPL again. I've been to a few a few forge games. I knew a few forge guys, you know, Chris Nankel and Kwame Aua there. And I know a few York guys, uh, I guess yourself now, but no, uh, Max Ferrari and Anthony Totera within you come to the games. United. I'll come, I'll be coming when you're there. Get my attention. 
we'll uh i'll shoot you a text if i'm i'm coming before i'll 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 reach out and and we'll you know we'll uh we'll talk beforehand or something like that we'll shoot it up i listen i appreciate you know because yeah you're pro but you know you're you know you're 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 apart from me and but a lot of pro guys sometimes don't give a guy like myself a chance to you know be that kind and like you know reach out and stuff like that so i appreciate the kindness i appreciate the respect and uh I'm sure we'll chat down the line, of course, but I just want to say thanks for coming on. No, no, of course. Uh, I mean, we're trying to grow this league as well. Like we know how valuable like podcasts, local podcasts like you guys are. Um, and I think every CPL player should kind of have that mindset. It's kind of our responsibility to continue to grow the brand of this league, uh, whether it's for the league or for your local club. So uh, doing podcasts, interviews, all this stuff, uh, I think it's uh it's it, it's our obligation as players and stuff like that but it, it's also very important so uh, you don't have to thank me no problem at all um yeah no happy to be on this was fun I, I enjoy these things absolutely you know a lot of people say no all right all right nico a lot of people still say no so i, just yeah, I don't know maybe go. i just got to get more more busy i just feel like <laughs> I'm like i could just talk to someone i mean we've had been covid for two years so like social interaction has been down in, in whatever sense so uh-huh. Seems like an easy yes. Well, you know what? I I, I try to I try to make my stuff my, my my interviews and stuff, you know, relatable and fun and like I've known you for 10 years now, type of thing down the line. So hope you had a good time. Appreciate you coming on. Listen, everyone, this was episode number 51. I can't believe it already. And footy edition number 12 of Mamma Mia. This is Fire Talk. Visit www.mamma mia. This is Fire Talk for everything you want to know about the show. Also, merchandise, hats, hoodies, long sleeves, and T-shirts for sale. A lot of people have been buying it. I have limited, believe it or not, limited stock left until I put a new order in. You can follow us everywhere, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen and view your your sports podcast. Listen, everyone, thank you once again. This was sponsored by The Bottom Line Restaurant and Bar, downtown Toronto, 2200 Front Street. Hockey Hall of Fame, official restaurant of the Hockey Hall of Fame. I'm Nicholas Fury, the host of the show. This is Nico Giantsopoulos, York United FC, number one goalkeeper for the Canadian Premier League CPL. Stay safe out there, everyone. And mamma mia. Unbelievable. Lopez. Lopez turns it over. And now Cavallini with it. Cavallini finds Baker. Albanese comes out. Baker gets to it first. Around the keeper and in the back of the net. Blows the whistle. The captain, Dylan Carrero, for Woodbridge. A penalty kick. Steps up. And takes it neatly so with a great, brilliant penalty kick strike into the corner. The ref blows the whistle. Whiteman steps forward, looking. And right down the middle with the strike there and the penalty kick in the 19th minute. Anything coming now, a chance for Jason Mills. He comes in. The shot on goal. Off the woodwork again. The rebound comes out. The Mills again. Shot scores. Oh, my word. Number 11 with the finish. And that's Brandon Mills. Oakville looking to play long instead of building up. It's going to favor them off the second ball. A chance for the Blue Devils. Can they get anything on goal? Goes back outside looking for the offside call. It's not. Now cross back in. Back door. It's a goal. And the Blue Devils are on the door first. Push back with good defensive play from North Mississauga. And they steal it. And now look at the counter. Can the Panthers go? It's 4v4. Good pace. Botello plays on the far side. They stay on side. North Miss, an opportunity. They come on the break with a shot. In the back of the net, it goes. And North Miss have one back. Continues with a North Mississauga free kick in midfield. 
An opportunity here. Shot comes in in the back of the net. It goes. Oh, my word. What a strike. Now back kicked up in the air. One with the header. Placed down. McNamara has the opportunity. And in the back of the net. It goes. Corner kicking off for Oakville. It's a dangerous one. And in the back of the net again. And it's McNamara. That was Mamma Mia. This is Fire Talk Footy Edition with Nicholas Fiore. Thank you for watching and listening. And stay tuned for the next episode.